and a very warm welcome to a new episode of the Bitcoin Effect, your business podcast. We are here for, I think, the very first time live. So this is kind of Peter's office, home office, whatever. So maybe we sound a little bit different. Nevertheless, this is a follow-up episode for our last episode that we had with Jesse about Bitcoin mining, where we will go a little bit deeper into the topic of how does Bitcoin mining map onto a business model canvas, which we'll talk a little bit about and then see how this comes to be as a one-sided and multi-sided business model. But before we start, Peter, a very warm welcome to you. Thank you, Martin. My pleasure. My pleasure, indeed. Very cool. So, Before we start, and this is going to be maybe a bit challenging for the listeners that don't have the video as well, but we are talking about the business model canvas. <laughs> the video where you where they will see you and me talking? Yeah, what? true, true. <laughs> it's actually not that helpful. Maybe it's helpful to, if you never have seen a business model canvas, to just look at the business model canvas. If you just Google it, you will find it very quickly just to have it in front of your eyes. But First of all, Peter, what's the purpose of the business model canvas? Mm. The business model canvas has been invented or developed by um, two very, very smart guys, namely Alexander Osterwalder and Yves Pinier, to define a common language or a shared language to describe how a business has to be designed to create value for the organization, not for the customers. This is the value proposition design that describes how you create value for the customer. The business model design and the business model canvas is the tool for it. It's a visual business tool to describe how is value created for the organization. Okay. So when would you use this tool? I would recommend to use it always and to get accustomed to start thinking in business models, in business model canvases, because it's only nine building blocks that are always the same that needs to be mm, yeah, filled. I don't like the word filling it because it's kind of dynamic, but needs to be described, let's say it like that, to have a grasp on how a business works. So this is more or less first you can use it visually and then you can get used to it to get used to use and, and, and think of these nine building blocks to better understand the mechanics of how you can create value. So it's a tool to better understand how your business is actually working, how it is generating revenues, how the costs work, what the what the core elements of your business are on a very high level, if I'm not mistaken. So not on a deep down technical how to do mm. ABC, but on a on a high level, big picture, what does your business look like? How can you make sure that your business is successful level? Yeah, you can use it for that purpose. So to describe it roughly, to make it, to, 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 to have a story to tell, like uh, as an elevator pitch, you could use it for that, for example, which mm -hmm. I like pretty much. And you can also uh, use it to uh, study it really on a deeper level, uh, really going diving deep into it 
and and then breaking it up to the to the absolutely micro uh, level if you want so. Mm -hmm. So it offers both. If you understand the mechanics superficially, it seems to be really easy, and that's what I like. But to like it as a general tool, as I look uh, like to use it, it needs to 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 offer the deeper the, the digging deeper uh, as well. So and it, and it, and it gives us the two things. So and the second part of your question or what you were stating is like describing a business model. Yes, but you can also analyze it in that way mm -hmm. to see flaws strength and start playing around with it like asking the question so what if we're going to change this building block or if we add this to that and how does that affects the other building blocks and what what gives it to us to have a more resilient or better future-proof uh, design then for the business itself okay so that's what you refer to as a common language as well so an opportunity to discuss things yeah the common language is basically to me first is uh, getting used to 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 have clear what these nine building blocks are so maybe we're going to start over okay so nine building blocks and they have a kind of specific order. So what are the nine building blocks for the business model canvas and what questions do they do they answer or in what questions do they pose kind of? So so what do you try to answer when you look at them? Yeah, what, what needs to be described? Maybe we give, we give a short picture on the audio at least. We're trying to, to give a picture like how it looks like if mm -hmm. you have if you don't have a picture, just just imagine an, an, um, an empty sheet of paper in the landscape mode mm -hmm. you put one line across it from the left to the right side at the lower fourth for example as uh, of, of the of the whole sheet mm -hmm. and then you separate that line again in the middle mm -hmm. so you have two blocks mm -hmm. already small and square or landscape and one big empty block above, above that yeah above that that one You separate it in four, 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 five, five equal segments. Then putting vertical lines on it from the top of the sheet to the to the line you just draw, mm -hmm. and then you separate the two in the middle, the third and the, uh, the second and the fourth, the the third and the fourth exactly in two halves again by adding a horizontal line in the middle of those. So then you end up with these five building blocks. You have two big ones landscape on the bottom you have three big ones vertically on the upper part and you have four small ones in between those three bigger ones so you have and and, and i like to start this is also good for the storytelling if, you, if you're trying to explain your business model design to someone else to start in the middle with the building block with the big building block in the in the, in the center of the of the canvas then which is To describe the value proposition there that that's there basically you you describe or tell what are you selling what's your product services stuff and and, and that so on so that's what comes in the middle is it is it your product because in my understanding it's not your product but more yeah, if you want to go deep, reason why people buy it if, if you want to go deeper yes but for the beginning i would recommend to start over with what's your product that's it And then you can go deeper and stress people a little bit more about what's the difference between product and the value proposition. Okay. Okay. So that's the first part. What's the second part that you lo usually look like? So from there, it's easy to, to, to go straight over to the right end of the uh, three uh, bigger blocks. 
uh, which is the uh, customer segment where you describe to whom are you selling, mm -hmm. for who you create value with your value proposition, with your product services and whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And if I understood, understood this correctly, there is always a link so that for, for every value proposition that you have, there is a matching customer and vice versa so that you basically for one type of customer, you offer one kind of value. You can offer the same kind of value to multiple customers, but then it looks different as a product and vice versa. You can offer multiple types of value to one type of customer, but you always have. Yeah, it's like there's one basic rule and there are more basic rules, but one is saying there mustn't be any orphans. Like if you have a, a sticky note or whatever, a steady mm -hmm. note, describing one, one value proposition, there needs to be at least one other that could be one customer segment mm -hmm. to who it's addressed. Mm -hmm. Okay. So now you have a customer and you're delivering one kind of value. You have a product for this one customer. What's the next thing that you're looking next at? Next thing is like one of the two blocks in between those two segments we already have. We mm -hmm. have the value proposition, we have the customer segment. So in between are two other blocks. One, that one on the bottle is the channels where you describe how the value proposition gets to the customer mm -hmm. via what kind of channels. And you can you can even break it down even more, but that's basically for the for to start over, like how it gets there. Mm -hmm. How do they get informed that it even exists? How would you deliver it? How do you build trust via what channels? Mm -hmm. how, 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 how can they pay? How you stay in touch after it? Or how, how so th this is basically what you describe in the channels then. Okay. And then you have above that? You have the segment of the customer relationship where you need to describe what is your business doing to retain customers? Mm -hmm. What mechanics are there to keep customers staying with you? Okay. And then below that? You have that bigger block, exactly. Mm -hmm. And first of all, like now we have basically described the whole right side of the business model canvas, mm -hmm. which is the whole thing that's visible from the outside, which mm -hmm. is all oriented to the market, let's say like that. And all this, if, if a business is working or starting to work, generates revenue streams. Mm -hmm. So if a value proposition um, is offered to someone, delivered and is um, providing whatever progress to mm -hmm. a person and you can retain them. If everything runs good, that provides income. And there on the bottom, you describe your revenue streams for what product, who is paying how much and what period. Per, per unit sold. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. Can we maybe to make this a little bit more tangible, take a simple example and just execute the right side of the business model on how this would roughly look like. So, okay. If, if I, if I, if I sell matches to smokers, mm -hmm. for example, matches is my value proposition or providing fire mm -hmm. or lighting, whatever mm -hmm. my customers may be if it's a if a, if it's something if it's a regional business let's keep it cool let's it's a, let, let's keep it small are maybe dog workers mm -hmm. uh, around my area because i have a booth and at the docks so the booth itself is the channel where mm -hmm. everybody walks by see it i can uh, i can shout out hey matches 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 any smokers around here whatever <laughs> even mm -hmm. if smoking is not healthy anyhow that's it 
And for example, for each match package of matches I sell, I, I, I have a revenue stream of maybe 10 cent each mm -hmm. or whatever per unit. And the customer relationship is probably maybe, if I'm good, a personal relationship or something. Or maybe I, I, I'm going to start to design a customer community group via Facebook or whatever, and they get discounts or any mechanics or the, the coupons. They could, they could gain some whatever discounts if, if they if they if they stay my clients for a couple of days or even though i don't have anything there and if they not walking by anymore i lose them so. where does where does something like quality go in so like for example if you if you talk about matches with many matches they're either you have, you have for example you have security matches that don't bear on your fingers or you have matches that are easy to i mean near the docks it's this probably is wet not, so yeah, yeah, yeah this is all is going to be described then at the value proposition on a deeper level there mm -hmm. are other tools to describe this more thoroughly mm -hmm. and this is not the, the business model canvas is not the place to describe such things like that okay Okay, so the customer relation, because I think this is one of the, the harder parts of the canvas, is kind of a, a personal interaction or the, the way you interact with them, but not something that the product does for you. Yeah, for example, if you take the, the example of Amazon, mm -hmm. so the value proposition is to, to find any product uh, fast and have it delivered fast. Mm -hmm. So that's probably the could be the value proposition to whom they sell it, to people that like to shop online, for example, as a, as a customer segment. The channel, you have the internet, you have the Amazon web page, and then you have, as a, for the customer relationship, you could say it's probably Amazon Prime mm -hmm. as a really good mechanic to keep customers buying again and again mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. they pay uh, a, a, a subscription. Like now in Europe, it's about 90, 90 euros a year. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you get delivery free for most of the products. You get free video mm -hmm. uh, platform stuff like that. So that's the customer relation there, the, the mechanics yeah. to retain customers. Okay. Yeah. And income, you have then like a cut of the revenues they uh, for their for their marketplaces and stuff mm -hmm. like for the thing uh, for the things they they buy. Uh, and you have the as uh, a revenue stream the Amazon Prime subs uh, subscription free as mm -hmm. well. Okay, so this is the this is the side that you see from the outside. This is the side with the revenue. Now, next would be I guess the other side. So, what's what's the next part that we would look at? So, the next part, easy to look and describe, as is the key activities, which is the building block next left on the top part mm -hmm. of the value proposition, mm -hmm. and that's where you describe what do you have to do to mm -hmm. produce your products, services, and so on, and to manage or, or, or keep your channels and, and all the, the stuff on the right side. What do you have to do? Mm -hmm. So in case of Amazon, that would be running warehouses, uh, onboarding new, new vendors, um, running the whole platform, stuff like that. For example, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, doing advertising marketing mm -hmm. via tv spots or via youtube even now they're mm -hmm. advertising their amazon prime services and stuff like that yeah so the thing is they're then trying to keep it single, uh, simple 
what's 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 the basic thing what's the one most important thing you have to do without that anything of the business model wouldn't work anyways or something like that so if there's so many things like in this amazon which is a pretty complex business model design multi-sided and stuff like that mm -hmm. trying to find out what's the what's the most important stuff you have to do without what the whole thing wouldn't work anymore mm -hmm. okay what's next so next part is then below that Mm -hmm. the, which is the key resources uh, where you describe what do you need to perform your key activities? Mm -hmm. What's what resources you need for it? You need a, a huge computing infrastructure, high performance computing rigs, or do you need a fast uh, web infrastructure? You need warehouses, for example, mm -hmm. as you've been saying, uh, as you have said before. So that's the key resources you you have to describe there then. Mm -hmm. And then there's this, big block at the very left ha uh, hand side of the canvas where you describe the key partners. Mm -hmm. Key partners could deliver some stuff that you don't have as a resource. For example, if you if you if if you don't own warehouses in your business model design and, and you rent space somewhere else, for example, that could be a key partner. Mm -hmm. Or maybe Finance is a is a very important stuff. You need you, you need a, a partner to to finance your warehouses or whatever. Without that, anything wouldn't work. Or maybe also Logistics. some services like, for example, uh, you don't do the marketing your own. You you need that mm -hmm. if you don't have marketing your key activities, but you need it to run your channels. Mm -hmm. It could be key key partner, for example. Mm -hmm. Also, key resource could be strong a strong brand for example to make a business model work to 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 reach mm -hmm. uh, a huge broad public for example to 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 market uh, if if uh, that wouldn't work without a strong brand brand could be also a key resource mm, you, you wouldn't have a partner for that for example yeah. lending a brand from some from somebody else yeah the same um, with customer based and yeah. exactly so so it's not just it's not just resources in terms of physical resources but also mm -hmm. some things like access uh, customer base uh, brand identity and other more intangible stuff that's required to make your business run yeah exactly could be no so it's it's just like you need this like without any without partners most business wouldn't work mm -hmm. anyhow mm -hmm. um so the thing is who are the ones Mm -hmm. that are absolutely needed at the base mm -hmm. to make it work okay and below that below that the ninth block that's the one that's left it's the cost structure where you're going to describe what are the main costs to run your business that's all on the left hand side on the right side at the right hand side of the business model canvas we have described everything that belongs to create desirability for a business model everything to the outside on the left hand now we have just described what's all happening behind the scenes if it would be a theater what what what's uh, what what's in it and uh, that's the things that generally creates costs and there you describe your your basic uh, the main cost structure not everything what costs the pencil and stuff like that if you if you start with that but what are the main costs like electricity costs for example or or, or running running this uh, server structures maintenance for example in the case of amazon if it's uh, the the match exam the matches example is probably the, the renting for, for 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 the booth mm -hmm. uh where, where, where you place that and uh, maybe it's the the matches you have to buy somewhere to sell it for the higher price to to mm -hmm. to, to your customer groups then so to sum it up you have the right side of the business model that describes 
even everything that pays into generating revenue. Mm -hmm. You have the left side that describes everything that goes into creating costs and that helps in the delivery of the provision of this value. Your overall goal is to have higher revenue than costs, obviously, yeah. the more the better. And it's, it's like you can you can break it up to three main parts. Mm -hmm. As we have said, we have the, the right-hand upper side of the business model design, value proposition, customer relations, channels, and uh, customer segments, which is describing, the whole thing describes how you create desirability. Mm -hmm. Then the left-hand upper side is the, everything that describes the feasibility, what do you need to make it feasible that the right side works. Mm -hmm. And at the bottom... You have the viability, like costs and revenues. So that needs to be balanced, at least uh, balanced, but better. It's more on the right-hand side than on the left-hand side. It's like you need to generate more revenue streams as mm -hmm. you have costs to have a resilient or, or working business model. Working design. business at all, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we want to look at how does Bitcoin mining fit into this business model to to understand the whole topic of mining. But maybe before we do this, we have to say a few words about one-sided and multi-sided business models. And maybe I just try to mm. summarize it and you correct me if I'm forgetting something. If you have like one value proposition for one customer and then everything to make this work, then you're basically in a one-sided business model. If your business model requires additional customers with additional value propositions, or there is even a linkage between different customer segments and value segments that kind of weave into each other, work together, then you have a multi-sided business model. So this would be, for example, something like... Amazon is, again, a pretty good example for that yeah. because Amazon hasn't been a good working business model until they discovered that they can sell their server infrastructures a capacity to others uh, to make the low margin online shopping business mm -hmm. work uh, to not to subsidize it with the new uh, venture capital uh, streams pumping more money in and in, in business and, and stuff like that and so this one to have one side of the business working depends on the other side then you talk about a multi-sided yeah. business model design which sounds it's uh, just having audio is pretty complicated uh, talking about that uh, i hope that you guys can can have an uh can can, can try to uh, that we can make it clear to, to understand it in, in some way google is another pretty yeah. good example for that uh, yeah. which is probably a bit easier to understand yeah so the google idea is basically you provide Searching or finding information on the internet is your value proposition that you provide to people that want to find something on the internet. So that's basically like almost everyone as your potential customer. And on the other side, and, and you don't get any revenue from that alone. So this is kind of... Because a, it's a freemium model, yes. It's, it's a freemium model. It's, it's basically just creating costs. And on the other side, you have the ad business or the the... The rental of premium search spaces, so like the first three results that you see, that you basically sell to people that say, okay, I want to be found when it comes to 
Bitcoin Business but consulting and then you pay for being on the top and then that's but that does only work if there are sufficient people searching yeah, so that if, it becomes if, you're, relevant. if you're selling the reach mm -hmm. to your business customers for advertising to have an ad advertising advantage you need this huge customer base first yeah, yeah. so one thing depends on the other yeah one is not working with the other yeah Very good. And one finances the other, which is also interesting. I mean, on, on Amazon, in theory, you could also offer to the people that sell on Amazon and the people that buy on Amazon and have just matchmaking. And this could work as well, like it does with Airbnb, where this is their kind of multi-sided business model. But Yeah, Amazon, again, this is another thing. I, I was first thinking of this Amazon Web Services, but way easier to understand is like as a retailer, To, uh, mm -hmm. to have your products on Amazon, it's only interesting if, if you're going to reach a broader yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, target group yeah, there, exactly. a customer base. And if they don't have it, it's not interesting for you. So this is, is also, uh, yeah. Okay, so. You have to risk it to get the biscuit. <laughs> Bitcoin mining. So what we are going to look at is at a purely mining company. They The, the basic model is like, They do nothing else but... But mining Bitcoin. <laughs> mining Bitcoin for the sake of mining Bitcoin. They do nothing else for the moment in terms of, I don't know, grid balancing or selling the heat or they don't own any renewable energy sources or whatever. So the only part is mining Bitcoin. Mm -hmm. So we start with the value proposition. What is the value proposition that, that a Bitcoin mining company offers or maybe before that what is even the customer uh no let's start in the middle mm -hmm. it's always easier or any anyhow or yeah it doesn't matter it doesn't matter these are the, the the two starting points okay i would say we start with the value proposition first mm -hmm. and that could be they offer trust to the bitcoin network okay so that's like not a product but that is like A value they offer trust they offer security yeah trust or let's say yet yeah, trust as a proxy for security or yeah. security proxy for trust yeah and they add new blocks to the bitcoin blockchain so they kind of have one part of making sure that the bitcoin network stays up you have the nodes and other stuff that are relevant as well but the miners create new blocks and so that is their contribution Yeah, they basically they make sure that all transactions are in the right order and not corruptible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's actually better because they, yeah. So it's a kind of organization. Some, someone, someone has to do it. And <laughs> someone they, has to do it, and 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 they do it. Mm. So yeah. So keeping the ledger, updating the ledger is mm -hmm. kind of the okay. The customer in this case is a non-human customer, which is rare, which is kind of the Bitcoin network i wouldn't agree with that we discussed it already before but uh, i i would say that the network wouldn't, wouldn't exist exist without the users even mm -hmm. if it's hardware mm, units like mm, nodes and stuff mm -hmm. uh, as as the physical backbone but at the end it's users it's like persons mm -hmm. who like to own or use bitcoin for whatever purpose and that's that's the bitcoin network without these persons that network wouldn't exist But is it then people that run a Bitcoin node? Because the people without a Bitcoin node don't have a vote. Kind I, I just I just need to own one Satoshi to be part of that network and I don't need a node for it. 
That's a that's a deeper discussion. Let's to stick to the to the because that's that's interesting. I I would say the network is the customer. You would say the people. Yeah. That okay. Are part let's, of say, the network let's say let's say it's network and the people who use the network. Yeah. Yeah. And and see where to draw the line. There is maybe a more philosophical until, discussion. Un, until we haven't a completely AI based world or. Mm -hmm. uh, ecosystem that that runs itself without any human energy put in it's is always at the end it's always people it doesn't exist business between businesses doesn't exist is always persons and humans in businesses doing business notes and code ideas and people something like that okay let's let, let's stick to the let's stick because i think for the for the canvas it's easier if we treat yeah, the so we have, network uh, as a customer the miners are offering offering uh, security or trust and uh, their service and they, and they keep the ledger updated mm -hmm. and this they are offering it to the bitcoin network as a proxy for the people who use bitcoin mm -hmm. for whatever mm -hmm. purpose mm -hmm. so What would be next? Customer relationship or channel? Channels. I would uh, suggest channels. How they do that? Uh, the, the 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 internet, the Bitcoin network is the channel there to reach out the the Bitcoin users. Mm -hmm. So and there you have, for example, nodes which going to go in a in a in another building block thing. But the network itself is the bit uh, the Bitcoin network is the uh, channel that connects ah. mm -hmm. that connects the Trust, security, and the updated ledger with the users of Bitcoin. So now you have your network in there. Okay. I would have said uh, the channel is just an internet connection. But I think this this is interesting because mapping mapping this who is your customer is kind of difficult. And I think that's part of the thing why Bitcoin is sometimes difficult to grasp from how does it work from a business side. Mm -hmm. As there is no one centrally behind it and makes decisions. Yeah. What's the customer relation? Uh, that's a very hard one. Pretty, I, I'm not sure yet. I would say the customer relation is the uh, Bitcoin code itself. It's the it's the 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 yeah, yeah it, it's 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 the Bitcoin code. That's it. That's that's the customer relation. Because if that wouldn't be there, they would mine whatever anything else and 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 put their energy and efforts in in in, in whatever other networks. I have a different uh, assumption, and that is. The customer relation is if you adhere to the rules of the Bitcoin network, which are in the code, in that if you kind of have an honest behavior in how you do the mining and you're providing valid blocks, then you're getting a block reward. And with that, your customer no, no, relationship, no, no, it, it continues. It no, continues no, no, only no, if, you're an, if, okay, you're, okay. if you're an honest miner. Okay, so let's sort out this thoughts and information and put each one of it in, 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 in a fitting and in, in mm -hmm. suitable block, building mm -hmm. block. You were talking about subsidy. Mm -hmm. So what's that? It's an income, isn't it? It's a revenue stream. It's a revenue stream. So you have... Uh, block reward. The Block the subsidy. Block subsidy. What else? And the transaction fees. Mm-hmm. Which is also interesting because the block subsidy is something that you get from kind of the network, while the transaction fees are something that you get from the people that actually make transactions. So maybe that's already a differentiation. So you get a block subsidy for each block you found. For example, we mm -hmm. said the Bitcoin network is the channel. You could have another channel then, as Yesse has talked about, which is a mining pool. I 
helped mining pools, and then but you don't you, you, you don't you, you just get a then you don't get the block subsidy from each block found, but you get a cut of the hash rate you then, put and you provide to the network, and that's a different business model design then. So you mean the very basic model is just solo mining? That would be that the, would the, be the, that, that the was most the basic. business model at. Uh, at in the very 2009 yes okay so pools mining pool mining is already kind of an, an updated business model interesting but probably true yeah okay so the very basic would even then be without transaction fees because that would be just providing a block yeah so and the only thing that retains those guys mining at the very beginning was the code yeah nothing else so i think customer relationship is the bitcoin code itself because that is what keeps them staying because that creates the trust for the miners. So if we look at the first miner, which was Satoshi's miner, then that would be, he was paid by the network. I mean, he invented the network himself so and launched it, but he was basically paid by it and, from and, the very get-go. And the, the code, only the code assures that anyone, everyone who wanted to participate this permissionless network will play with the same rules for the mm -hmm. same code mm -hmm. and he couldn't cheat it because only because of that so it's the rules of the code yes okay i can go along with that <laughs> nice good <laughs> we're having a more a deep dive bitcoin discussion here as a as, as a uh, business model business model everybody yeah yeah you're right i mean that that is interesting because the the business model of Mining is not that easy mm -hmm. because the type of customer and customer relationship is not the standard one that you have because the the interaction is very rule-based, code-based, automated, not that human. But without finding those building blocks description, you haven't understood your business model. Yeah. Then. yeah. And that's why I say thinking in business models is a very important skill Crucial, for entrepreneurs yeah. Yeah, or managers or whoever works in a whatever kind of company. Yeah, because it also sets your limiting context of what you can do and what you can't do because otherwise yes. it violates how your business model is supposed to work. All right. So we have value proposition is providing security and trust mm -hmm. and adding new blocks. So ordering the transactions. If we go before that, then it's just the, the security trust, adding new blocks. Customer is the network, but kind of in proxy the, for the, the people, people that people use it. People who use Bitcoin. Yeah. Channel is the network. Mm -hmm. And the relation is the loss of the code. And revenue stream is the block reward, subsidy, and the transaction fees mm -hmm. from the transaction people made there. Exactly. Let's get to the key activities. If that's if that's okay, yeah. This is this is the whole side what's visible to the public. On it on uh, a top level. Bas basically yeah. that that it's it's that. Yeah. And you could also you could go deeper and deeper and deeper as you like. But yeah, uh, like how does the, the revenue change over time with the halvings? Uh how do the transaction fees change depending on every, market and so on? So you everything can right, down. but that's too much for the beginning. If you yeah. if you want to start really understanding a business model, just start with that. Because top level. If it's not working on the top level, you can go deep and deep up to the gazoo, it wouldn't work. Yeah, good. So next one is key activities. 
what's the key activities for a mining company? So what do they have to do? I would say what you have to do is to maintain your high-performance computing rigs, your ASICs. Mm -hmm. You have to make sure they work. And you have to keep them updated with a Bitcoin code if you want to follow the code. When the code changes, what happens from time to time, pretty slowly. But that's not, the I mean, yeah, okay. So, so you have to set up and maintain the Bitcoin miners. Mm -hmm. That's the first part. Then the second part would be to make the whole thing profitable. No, 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 that's not find, find sources of cheap energy. Mm, yes, you can, yeah. Seek, seeking, seeking cheap sources of energy. And then as the revenue streams shift in how, how much block reward you get and the transaction fees and so on, you have to do a financial monitoring of the return on invest for each miner and decide whether you turn them on or off or half power or whatever to see yeah, do you a, mine or not uh, it's it's maintaining the um the miners the the, the your asics and it's uh, managing them yeah. yeah managing is a separate part for me maintenance is just they're broken down they need to be updated you need to switch them off because they're not profitable anymore yeah so that, that's basically I, I would say just yeah you need to manage and to maintain the miners okay that's it key resources what do you need you need the mining machines mm -hmm. and cheap energy if you have access to your own energy sources yes if not you need probably key partners for it like when Jesse talked about this hydro dam, mm -hmm. it's probably not his hydro dam. No, but that's why I said access to cheap electricity. Yeah. So okay. it doesn't it doesn't need to be your own energy, but you have to have access to it. So you, your key partners that will be power plants, power plants, electricity providers. Okay. ASIC builder would be the second, and minor software providers. So like. Brains OS or something like this, where you have a like man, minor management. Uh, do you need the software? Yeah, as a key resource. As a, not at a, as a key resource. Interesting. Maybe it's a key. I mean, you don't have to have it your own. I would say it's a partner because you don't. You can build your own software, of course, but mm -hmm. I would say for most, it's just a partner. Mm -hmm. Someone is building the software and they're just using it. So you need a software house as a partner. Mm -hmm. so cost structure main cost would be oh there, there, there's one resource left and that is someone who does the actual maintenance so you need okay there's a key resource for example yeah key, as a key resource so you need to have the people that actually repair and manage the miners so uh, how would you call them what what kind of people are there the plumbers facility stuff okay facility manager for example or is it more craftsman like Electricians. Yeah. Okay. What else? Anything else? Cost structure? On on the very basic level, no. I think if we go into into more more sophisticated versions, there will be will be more stuff, but on the top level, I think that's sufficient. Mm -hmm. You have this upfront invest for mining machines. You have electricity costs. And then you have um, here for sure costs for software, if you're saying okay. So that's basically, I, I, I mean, is software really? I'd say so. Okay. 
the management so of if it's like this to 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 do, do, do you have energy in as a cost structure yeah energy cost yeah cost okay. for energy. energy cost for infrastructure probably the facilities themselves but that's part of infrastructure are there any costs for the bitcoin network you have to pay no no it's not generating costs for you Internet you're part of the network it's infrastructure no no i think that's the that's the basic idea and then if you update it a little bit or make it a little bit more complex then you have the pools probably as key partners so you're not doing solo mining but you're managing then and but then this changes a little bit this, this changes kind of everything because then your customer suddenly becomes i guess the pool mm -hmm. Because the pool is then doing the actual mining and you're just selling. You're selling hash rate. To then pool. you're selling hash rate. So it's less, you, you, solo mining would be, your customer would be directly to the network as a proxy for the people using Bitcoin. If you're doing pool mining, then it's already, you're providing hash rate to the pool. That's your value proposition. And for the pool, they basically gain then a share. And so there, there's a whole business model around the pool because the pool provides different values and has then i guess the miners again as a customer segment which is i'm not sure this would be would be one of the next ones but maybe that, that that's a good point to start because and and this is where this is becomes interesting to me this whole model if we just look at it from a solo mining perspective and then we update it to a pool mining perspective i mean the revenue streams changes dramatically the revenue streams change Dramatically, the upfront investment costs could change dramatically because you just need one miner to get a block, uh, a cut of the block subsidy by the hash row, uh, the hash rate. If you're a mining pool, your value proposition to the miner is is a reliable income stream, stabilizing, yeah. stabilizing, and yeah, stabilizing over time, reducing upfront costs because you just have one miner that you need to contribute and you're already getting a steady income which on the other side and that's what Jesse said yesterday as well it's like you mine for a year you don't get anything in that time and then you get all at once maybe and then you get maybe all at once or maybe not as so the so it's a, a service of lower risk yeah so if this is let let's let's stay with the with the with the with the solo mining example or any anyhow let let's 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 say okay even with solo mining we, we didn't define how how big the mining rig mm -hmm. needs to be you can you can be also a mining pool then you're providing trust and security to the Bitcoin network or the Bitcoin users via the Bitcoin network re, uh, being retained by uh, retaining them by the Bitcoin code. Mm -hmm. And you have all this infrastructure you need, you're doing, you're performing your key activities like uh, managing the mining, uh, the, the mining machines and, and, and the maintaining them. And, and, and you have your mining rigs for it and cheap energy or seeking cheap energy, have, you, have your partners for it. And then you have excess heat that you haven't had used until that. So yeah, now you can bring in that or... You can make use of like if 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 your income stream, if your revenue stream shrinks over time because the hash rate grows, as Jesse explained, mm -hmm. then you need to then then you need to find with no additional investment new revenue streams, and you yeah. could do that by selling flexibility 
to grid operators, for example, who are needing more flexibility in their electricity grids mm -hmm. and getting an income stream by switching off your mining infrastructure and getting yeah. paid more for it. Yeah. And you're also having the opportunity to... I think that this, this comes down to... If you look in these business models, then then I think one, one important thought is you have for every business model, there are other business models that are in parallel to you or upstream or downstream. And if you have, for example, the whole topic of grid balancing, that's something I would say that's kind of parallel. So it's a service that you that you have that you can offer. If you take the whole thing of taking the heat that you generate anyway, then you you just use a waste product for additional revenue streams. And then you have a downstream if you increase the return on invest for renewable energy sources, then this is an upstream business model because it's from the energy generation. And if they start mining, then it's kind of a vertical integration of, of the mining business into the energy business, which before that have been two separated business models and now combine yeah. themselves in one the company. Thing is, the thing is, for each new value proposition, you need, as we learned at the very beginning, a new customer segment. Or it mm -hmm. could be a, a sec another value proposition to the same customer segment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, could be both. Mm -hmm. But then, if it's a new customer segment and a different or, or the same and a new value proposition, like selling excess heat to whoever is your customer segment for that, mm -hmm. you need to find the appropriate channels. Mm -hmm. You need to find the appropriate customer relation. Mm -hmm. You have different incomes and maybe you have different or new key activities to mm -hmm. perform additionally and you will have probably different key resources. Suddenly, heat becomes a key resource yes. that you haven't used before. Yes. And maybe you need new partners. Yeah. And maybe your cost infrastructure changes a little bit, maybe not too much. Mm -hmm. And so you can see... Like as if you move little things in your business model design, the competition is not in the value proposition itself. It's basically in the business model design. Who has the smarter business model design? Yeah. yeah. As you could use the same key resources with similar key activities and a similar cost structure by offering more to new customer segments by generating new lucrative incoming streams or revenue streams, you beat the competition by a better business model design. One addition to that, it's not just that your business model overall has to be better, but especially the more complex the business model becomes, the more potential failure elements it gets. For sure. And so a very simple business model can be easier executed the more complex the business model the harder the execution the more execution becomes a differentiation factor and the more advanced the market becomes the higher the need for more complex business models so mining in the very beginning for satoshi was, was just pretty easy yeah it was a no-brainer was it was kind of a no-brainer once you understood bitcoin it wasn't a really profitable business model design anyways it was just more like a hobby for many uh, in hindsight, I wouldn't say mining wasn't a profitable business for Satoshi. <laughs> because, yeah. But that's another that's another thing. But of course, the more advanced the, the market becomes, the more complex the business model, the more complex the business model that is needed, the harder it is to start. And I think why this is so important is 
it highlights the relevance of starting early because then you can start with simpler business models while they still work and later yeah. it becomes more difficult. This point seen from the perspective of a Bitcoin miner seems to be complicated. If we switch it, if we flip it and see it from the perspective of a, a heating company, mm -hmm. it starts to become pretty easy because instead of having all this complicated stuff like gas turbines and stuff like that for, for generating heat, mm -hmm. you just have a, com a high performance computing rig that you need to plug in an, an, an elect an, on the electricity grid that, mm -hmm. that generates heat way easier than it does any gas heater mm -hmm. or oil. And you have the same heat, but clean and easier. Mm -hmm. And you have hash rate and get Bitcoin for it yeah. as well. So, so similar th this, to... This is, this is making a, a business model design from a complete different branch way easier. That's an, that's Instead an of making yeah. a Bitcoin mining business model more complicated. So it's always two sides. And you can see, you can, you can go and see and start looking, okay, where do I find a need for heat and can make that easier for them, mm -hmm. which is a value proposition uh, in itself. Mm -hmm. Find the customer segments for that, and uh, or it could be the other way around. So this is this is a very dynamic process. This is this um, business model canvas is is a tool, is a dynamic tool to design and understand the mechanics of how business works and generates value for a organization. Let me try to summarize and reframe this. If you are a mining company and you started out with a very basic version of your mining business and you got this well under control and the shrinking revenue from the block reward and maybe insufficient fast growing revenue from the transaction fees puts pressure on your business model, you need to expand your business making a business model making it more complicated adding failure points but on the other side that what you would add to your business model is part of a business model from someone else and could be way easier there i mean if if i'm a a a, a company mm -hmm. producing i don't know let's say plastics mm -hmm. i have my production plant mm -hmm. that need to be heated up so that workers don't get ill in wintertime. Mm -hmm. So I have a heating installed there probably. Mm -hmm. And I need to buy gas. That's going to be more and more and more expensive. Mm -hmm. So when I do so, I have this anyways. And the expenses for gas, the, the cost for gas were exploding. If I have a really energy in, in, in intensive business, like producing plastic needs heat, To, for the molds uh, to, to melt the, the, the plastic granulates and put it in whatever forms and stuff like that needs a lot of heat. <laughs> so if I make the maths and uh, make the numbers and see, hey, <laughs> I could do that instead of using gas for it and, and, and gas burners, I could use Bitcoin mining machines to produce the heat. It costs me more or less the same, but I get Bitcoin on top as a reward. It's a no-brainer. It's not a complicated business model design. It's an unfair advantage in a new branch. And they didn't, they probably won't care if it's Bitcoin mining or whatever. They need heat anyways, and they have to buy heat. They have to buy energy for producing heat. And they seek the cheapest source of heat, probably. And that's that, that's that's easy. 
So it's easy so, to understand. So for them in the business model, it would be like one of their key resources is heat production equipment anyway. Mm -hmm. One of their cost structures is cost for gas. Mm -hmm. And there's then the revenue is purely from the plastic business. And on the other side, you could now just replace what you have as a key resource for your heat production with something else. So that's on a on a, on the top level, it doesn't change at all. It replaces what you pay the cost structure for. So instead of paying for gas, you pay for power, but you get an additional revenue stream. And for them, it doesn't change much. Exactly. So and what, what he was talking about was uh, combining uh, solar energy with uh, Bitcoin mining in Africa. In Africa, mm -hmm. you probably wouldn't need so much heat <laughs> mm -hmm. as, as, for example, for a production plant in Norway, Sweden, Germany, or wherever. Mm -hmm. So, and if you want, uh, for example, as laws like ESGs and European Union laws and stuff and regulations and stuff are demanding now getting climate neutral and forcing you to make investments in, 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 in uh, solar power plants, for example, you can improve your return on investment by using this solar energy even though for producing heat and the electricity you need it anyways and reducing your emissions you had for heating because you've been using gas heaters, for example, before that. Which again reduces the complexity of your business model because before that you had on a, on a deeper level some parts of regulatory compliance that might become easier if yeah you just it sounds use complicated and in, in reality it is not that complicated because in Switzerland for example as I as, as we know it already has happened it's, it's it's nothing for the future it's already happens and to those being affected by these laws and regulations it, it seems to be a not too complicated way mm -hmm. yeah because there are mining companies that are offering already plug and play solutions, just taking your gas heater out of the game, putting your container solution in your business, you're connecting the pipes and that's basically it. And you buy, you, you buy just heat of them using Bitcoin mining as a key element of that machines. But you're probably not interested in knowing how that works. What you're interested is that you're getting a, a flat rate for, 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 for power. Yeah for the next five years guaranteed. Okay, so summing everything up, we have the business model canvas as a tool to understand the big picture of your business and it's worth thinking in terms of the business model canvas as it gives you this big picture on every decision that you make. Mapping Bitcoin mining on the business model canvas is in theory, a rather simple business. In the execution, of course, there are a lot of uh, more detailed complications, but that's the same with everything. The lower the revenue streams get over time from the Bitcoin mining itself, the higher to need the need for Bitcoin mining companies to find additional revenue streams to add additional sites to the Bitcoin model, uh, to the Bitcoin business, Bitcoin mining business model. But on the other side, there are people that have different business models that will just integrate Bitcoin mining, light, like companies that need heat, companies that produce energy, companies that are doing grid balancing anyway. And if you look at this, then it's helpful to design for every side of 
your business model a new business model canvas and look on the interaction and on the friction points yeah and if you are a miner as uh, yes is said it's a pretty mobile infrastructure you need for it i mean you could put mm -hmm. it you could stuff it into a container load it on a truck go to a go with it wherever for example heat is needed and seeking like this new customer segments because the only thing you need as an infrastructure if we, 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 we put that here we, we talked about it but i haven't put it here is a internet connection pretty pretty low bandwidth uh, 2g is enough uh, and you could you could do it anywhere even with starlink for example if needed which brings me to one last point i would like to make and that is once you know your key activities and your key resources and you know what you have because these are kind of especially the resources are your assets you can look into other business models that could easily be served with the same resources yeah. once you have them and this is something that we're seeing with mining where once you have access to cheap electricity mm -hmm. you can think about If I have cheap electricity, what else can I do with it? And you're not limited to mining, which is what Jesse said. It's like it's a it's a pioneering species um, to, to talk in plant terms where mining makes it profitable to just go somewhere where there is cheap electricity and start with mining. And once you have some infrastructure established, financed through mining, you can do other stuff that is more profitable and mining will move to new cheap electricity sources and mining companies will start doing other stuff than just bitcoin mining once they have the resources sure i mean if if, if yeah that that that's what uh, what makes it so sweet then uh. yeah yeah but this is something for another episode of bitcoin based business model hacking and for now i would like to say thank you very much And keep on building on Bitcoin. Yeah, one last thing you forget uh, to tell our listeners, which is at the Berlin Bitcoin space, we, oh, will, yeah. we will run a Bitcoin business, what, what's that name? Bitcoin Business Innovation Bootcamp, yeah. where we gonna have a kind of a really speeded up innovation walkthrough business model building workshop which is designed so that you can join the workshop and the conference without being in trouble with choosing where will will we'll, we'll visit the, the the business uh, the businesses the exposition or will I attend the, the keynotes or not you can have both with it just book your industry pass ticket for it and join the workshop Yeah, there's also a discount code Bitcoin Effect with a K. So Bitcoin Effect with a K. No, Bitcoin Effect. But since we came from, yeah, we we had a German podcast in the end, just on English now. So Bitcoin Effect written with a K. That's <laughs> effect like E double F E K K T. Yeah. Alrighty. Thanks again. Hopefully see you in Berlin or maybe in Innsbruck. Same code there. And once again, keep on building on Bitcoin. Thank you, Peter. It was my pleasure. Thank you, Martin. Music